Well, a happy good evening to you at home, doing the listening wherever you are, in your cars and everywhere else. This is your number one technology conversation on Ghana Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you are welcome to City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean, and today's program is going to be centered mostly on photography. We're trying to understand what photography is today, what it has been, what it's evolved into, and eventually try to get a sense of what the future really looks like. Because my guests in the studio have had a glimpse of what the future looks like, and they will be trying to give us a sense of where we are headed exactly. Um, it's going to be a great, great conversation, and a lot of you have expressed a lot of interest in this particular topic and so it is about time we had this particular chat for those of you who are wondering about charges and things like that i don't know if we we'll get into it but i do i do promise you it's going to be a worthwhile conversation do stay tuned in and get in touch with us via the whatsapp number 0549-986-996 alternatively you can get in touch with us using the hashtag um city trends that is c-i-t-i-t-r-e-n-d-s S. Remember also on the show today we have the app segment and the training segment on the show so there's a lot to come your way. But as usual we start off the conversation with the how-to segment and Jeffrey Okusapong is trying to give you a good sense of what sort of things to consider when you're going to get a screen protector. Hello and welcome to the how-to segment on City Trends. This evening we are looking at the types of screen protectors that you can use for your phone. The glass on gadgets has gotten more scratch resistant lately, especially with the introduction of the Gorilla Glass. However, it is important that you get a protector to help avoid the screen getting scratched or cracking when the device falls. The most common types of screen protectors are the PET and TPU. Others are tempered glass and nano liquid. PET is a type of plastic that is usually found on things like water bottles and other food containers. It provides the least amount of scratch and impact protection, but it's cheap, light and thin, and so are less visible on your phone. However, it's a bit stiff and can't fit on curved screens. TPU is a flexible plastic that involves the use of a spray solution and squeezing out bubbles. It is also not very smooth, the good thing is that it's flexible and so can fit on curved screens and has limited self-healing features for small scratches. Tempered glass is sometimes called the granddaddy of screen protectors. It doesn't have self-healing abilities but is tougher when it comes to scratch and drop protection. These days, they are not expensive too. However, because of how thick tempered glass is, it is visible on your screen which may not be too good for aesthetics. Finally, you can get liquid screen protectors if you know where to look. 
These liquid protectors claim to protect your phone when you swab a solution on your phone and buff it off. While this type may provide some protection, the layer is so thin that tough scratches can likely get through to the actual device. Also, you can't just take it off to replace with another. It will have to wear off over time. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. And now to our main conversation for today. Photography. Turn up at a wedding. Turn up anywhere, literally, today. And everybody has a mobile device in your hand. And they are doing much more than the people who are paid to do it are actually doing it. It's incredible. Go to a wedding. Go to a, an event. And cameras everywhere. Mobile photography is, like, the biggest thing right now. And cast your mind back to 50 years, 60 years ago and most people will be lucky to have anything close to a proper camera in your hands and today it is it's been liberalized so much that a lot of us take it for granted gone are the days when people had what 20 27 or 30 um bits of film just to shoot into but now if you have 128 gigabytes of storage space you can take so many photos that you don't even have to wonder about but however, what is the future of photography looking like um, for the practitioners, the professionals who make a living, especially out of this? What does the future look like for them? Are they going to be kicked out of business very soon? Or what exactly are they doing as well in terms of giving you or getting you some of the best photos when you go to these sports events and you see these incredible pictures? What even goes into all of that? These are the conversations that um, I wanted to have, but a lot of you have also sent in quite a number of your questions, especially about today's topic and what the future of photography looks like. And that is why I've pulled in two of the very best in the business today into the studio to have a conversation with them. Firstly, we have Timothy Jay, who's a co-founder of Team 1000 Words, and Michael Dakwa, who's also the co-founder of Team 1000 Words. Gentlemen, you're welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's 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 such a pleasure to have you guys in the studio. Um, you guys, tell everybody's talking about you guys and incredible what you're doing. So, congratulations, first of all. Um, so, where where do we stand today? Like when we talk about photography today, um, how has it evolved from 50, 60 years years ago? Um, I think that's a, a very interesting uh, starting point um, if we're going to look at it from a global standpoint and a Ghanaian standpoint right. we'll just um, separate it a bit mm -hmm. but um, yes I mean when in the early days of photography the barrier of entry was extremely high very so to be able to mm -hmm. afford 
um, a camera mm. and the film or whatever it took to be able to start in that business was incredibly expensive. Mm. And what we found out over the years was that this barrier of entry with technology dropped drastically. Mm. So then you got to the point where you had um, SLRs in people's hands. And these are the ones that used film. Mm. And then you had your normal small cameras as well, which also used film. Mm. And then we got into the digital age and mm. then now the digital cameras came and when they came they brought the price down even further right. and so even for professional grade equipment you see that the price has been dropping massively right. so for example in our industry whereas um, 10 or 15 years ago uh, medium format cameras which are probably the most expensive mm. you probably couldn't get one lower than twenty-five thousand dollars. Incredible. right now they start off at around four or five thousand dollars mm. And so you can see that this is a, a massive drop just within the time that you see. Right. I mean, yeah. if we go back to our parents' time, I mean, that's, that's going to be an incredibly different matter. Yeah. But then came the advent of smartphones. Right. And cameras were shrunk down into a form factor that fits on the phone and we could actually use it to take nice pictures. I mean, mm. I remember the days of the 3310, no camera. And then, you know, slowly, when we got yeah. to polyphonic... We make a joke of that. You Charlie, know. when we got to polyphonic phones, you know, and then you had that horrible camera that when you even take a picture, you can see it on the screen, like you're just amazed. To now, things like the iPhone X and the Note 10 and so on, that can produce very great images under certain circumstances. Right. And so... As time has gone on, it has become a global trend. Photography mm. has become a global trend. So mm. right now, photography is actually more prevalent than it has ever been before. Right. And so looking at an industry standpoint, as an industry as a whole, mm. photography has greatly benefited from technology because mm. you have more people being able to take more pictures more commonly. And if we consider the rise of social media and so mm. on, yes, now mean. you see that everything is being shared instantly as well mm. so then you may want to ask yourself so wh where does this put the the professional photographer exactly mm -hmm. because right now as you said you go to a, w a wedding and I you have like it's happening it's uh, 50 percent like, of you the, have to tell yeah. the other oh, yes. the, 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 the professionals yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to 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 give them real professionals in space yeah. yeah and 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 the thing is this even though social media and things have become so prevalent and so mm. on there is still the profession that exists. Mm. And if you like, you can gather all the images from everybody who shot on their phone at a wedding. Mm. But when you put it into um, a complete package, you're not going to get a consistent story that tells everything from beginning to end. Mm. And there are certain situations which are just very uh, difficult for phones. Mm. I mean, even the Google Pixel, which has um, that night side feature, which is really good, mm. try and get a moving subject with it. Right and you have a lot of difficulties and even when phones get further i mean it's all about technology there's a sensor inside the phone there's a sensor inside your normal camera even as that technology progresses mm. you don't forget that the technology for everything else also progresses True. and so phones 10 years ago as compared to uh, professional grade cameras 10 years ago that gap is still there now mm. Because there's still advancement in the there's pro still, Yes, there's mm. still advancements, and those advancements are across board. Right. And so the actual art of photography has not changed, right. but for the very, very, very minor things, mm. a professional would not be needed. Right. But if you really think about it, professionals were not brought in for those minor things in the first place right. before. Right. 
So it's not like, uh, I mean, your kid has woken up in the morning and they are smiling. It's not like now you're going to call her. Oh, is this professional services? Can you please come? Yes. Can you please come now? My, my, my child is smiling. Can you please come and take the picture? No, a professional photographer wouldn't have done that in the first place. And so the person with their mobile phone taking pictures is not really getting in the way of a professional who has um, a job to do. Mm. It's mm. like the same way everybody has a phone. It's not like radio is dead. Mm. I mean, people can take videos on their phone. It's not like TV is dead. True. Every industry evolves over time. Mm. If you can't evolve with the industry, yes, you will disappear, mm. but the industry will still exist. So, Kwame, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's paint. I mean, from a global perspective, I, I, I completely get that. But is that the same? Are we following the same trajectory, for example, in Ghana with professional photographers, for example? Um, yes, I think we are, mm. and um, partly because we are actually participating in the whole global um, thing that's happening. Mm. As far as photography is concerned, we are all participating in the trends because, again, social media, internet, mm. is, I think, the biggest reason why photography, or one of the biggest reasons why photography has gotten uh, to become very prominent. Right. So great thing for us photographers is because the internet exists because social media exists there's there's what there's uh consumption there's um um what what's the word uh people are or want photos almost every day instantly instantly. and um so our work is relevant because the demand exists and the demand exists because again social media and how it's pushing people to Mm. desire to present themselves in Mm. the best light Mm. and all that so we are following the global trend i think for ghana as well um one of the the chief things that's moving things around is because the barrier of entry has been lowered like uh, timothy said when people finish school and you know they are trying to figure out what to do with themselves right. one of the greatest ways to start you know getting some money for yourself is to enter into the creative space right. photography is one of the targeted areas and again um people once you get seem like it's so easy though well i mean like um, just hold it and press the shutter and Ta-da. I guess, again, because of demand, right, you will find somebody who is probably willing to pay right. you mm. even at your low skill set. Right. So people then tend to, and, and people are creative, right. I think. So once you start walking the road and, you know. Watch a few YouTube videos. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. YouTube <laughs> would be your school. Right. And, you know, you just put in the work and people have become super awesome photographers. Is that how you guys learn though? Just asking. You, well, that's well, our story. Well, but I guess yes and no. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing that can replace human interaction. True. And so in both of our cases, we started learning from other, other people. people. Yeah. And yeah. then we yeah. used um, the internet as a supplement because there's just so much more information that you can also right. get. But um, the speed of learning is much faster with somebody who can say, you can ask like, oh, yeah. Uh, this is not working. Why? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of yeah. now having trying to uh, research mm-hmm. why something isn't happening mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. And so you can be completely self-taught, mm-hmm. but in many cases it will slow down your learning process. Right. Even just yeah. spending time with somebody who is actually in the industry mm-hmm. will be of great help. Mm-hmm. What? What kind of? What? 
walk us through the equipment changes mm. <laughs> that we've seen over the period. Like right now, what is what is the the biggest thing, like in terms of tech with photography, like today? Walk us through what we've seen over the period, and what we are using today, and what we are likely to be using. I don't know, five years or ten years down the line. Okay, um, I, this, I this mean... is in Timothy's domain. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, so. Um... Okay, let me not go too far back. Yes, let please. me go like uh, between ten and fifteen years. Okay, ago when uh, DSLRs, so that's um, the digital cameras that we have today, the professional type, the ones with the mirrors that open and close and mm. so on, were now being introduced to the mass market. And in those times, I mean, it was essentially the camera body and the lens, and then you have the flash that is on the camera. And actually, today you still have the. Um, the lower end of the photography market still making use of the same kind of equipment, just not, of course, not 15 years old, right. but uh, today's equivalent. Mm. So you have your standard camera with the kit lens, the lens that usually comes with that camera, mm. and they'll be going out and taking pictures and printing. Mm. And that was the essential process for a very long time in Ghana. Mm. You take the picture, you print it, you give the person the printed image. Because now we see them carrying the printer along as well. Oh, yes. Wherever they're going. And it still exists because the people who grew up in that market still are there. And so, I mean, it's very difficult to go to a wedding and not see somebody who has their camera and their Mm. printer who Mm. prints pictures and give it to people. Mm. And people still pay for it. And it's a valuable source of income for those people because yeah. considering uh, the kind of money people make in Ghana from like the lower end of the spectrum to the top, if you're able to sell pictures at five CDs or 10 CDs a piece and you're able to sell 15 or 20 in a day, you are you're actually good. making good money. You're good. Mm. And so um, that's still there. Then um, the trend nowadays came on to lighting. Yeah. Trying mm. to create the mood create that atmosphere and control everything around to get a specific look for your images. And there are so many people who have achieved that Mm. here in Ghana today. Mm. Uh, One of the people who I uh, very early in my career saw was uh, Bob Pixel. And I saw Bob Pixel's work. I saw people like uh, Sefan Kansa Mm. and so on. And when I looked at their work, I could see that there was something different Mm. because they had been able to achieve something through learning and additional lighting technology. And I mean, the vast majority of photography is all about light anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the name, the the name is photography. Yeah, Yeah, so it's all about the light. Mm. And so right now, the current trend is being able to get more powerful lights, more uh, modular lights, things that you can use to create that scene, create Mm. that atmosphere, get something very interesting. And Mm. like, for example, when we shoot a lot of weddings, especially when it starts getting dark, we have lights that are connected by radio to our cameras and we usually put them in big soft boxes and we're carrying them around and people are always asking, hey, what's that? Hey, why, why are you carrying this big umbrella? What's this right. on the stick? <laughs> <laughs> what's this like? What are you doing? Yeah. And it's because we have a certain um, endpoint and look yeah. in that mind. you are looking for, right. And so the, the whole current trend now is to create the most stylistic images mm. possible and your clients will see that look and decide that, yes, I want to use you because of that look. Mm. So, so just to continue his thought, I mean, when it comes to lighting, one of the great reasons why it's possible for us to have all those lights is China. Mm. See, the lighting um, equipment used to be quite expensive. Mm. I mean, when we started out, 
I remember asking about it and the prices that were being mentioned. Blow your mind. Yeah. But and actually still some still, of those yeah, brands yeah, still yeah. exist. Like mm. for example, Ellen Chrome and Profoto, you have a single light that's starting around thousand, two thousand dollars a piece. Mm. Yeah. Mm. China comes in and, and gives you the same quality. Sort I mean, of. pretty much. I oh, mean, no, no, actually, yeah, actually though, these days it's it's very incredible very, what yeah, they have yeah. been able to achieve to the point that some of the larger brands that used to exist have actually closed down because they could not compete with yeah, the quality com- that was coming out. So yeah. one example is um, Bowens. Bowens. Mm. Bowens was a lighting company mm. that I think in the last four or five years actually closed down and they stated that they could not keep up with the pace of innovation and people were just not buying their products. Yeah. So, so, so now we can afford it. Right. And because we can afford it, um, we can use it in our work. Mm. So that makes a difference. The one, one of the big things and listeners you're still tuned in to City Trends on 97.3 City FM having a conversation with the co-founders of Team 1000 Words I'm sure you probably have invited them to your wedding or to some event sometime and we're talking about photography in the 22nd century trying to get a glimpse of what the future holds but we're starting out with the past and what we have in the present before we touch base with the future just a tiny little bit now one of the things that people have always complained about with photography you know purists and everybody else is the level of editing and of course with improved technology comes better editing tools for example that you can have i mean we've there are countless examples like all over the world where people have been made extra skinny or you know people's complexions photoshop photoshopping yeah. things like that Plastic i'm just fantastic. wondering <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm just wondering for you like where do you draw the line between I mean, because i know that the deeper you go into it the like the level of purity that you would want typical purists like you are looking for not just the picture but the essence of the picture as well and there's there's much more meaning to a picture and i'm just wondering where you guys as professionals like draw the line you know how much how much editing editing is too much editing like where do you draw the line between the reality and everything else i, I don't know okay so again i think i'm singing the music of demand and supply <laughs> but, <laughs> but again it's like it's a trend mm. i think mm. and uh, it's it's becoming very trendy mm. i i think mm. i mean maybe that's what instagram tells me because right. i see quite a lot of that but yeah but f- for us mm. again i mean our work focuses more on storytelling than on the glam right so the glamour is part of what we do but mm. it's it's not we don't emphasize it more than the story mm. so the picture has to have a story it's telling so mm. that then it's not about how smooth the face is but it's about how the bride is smiling or right. you know the groom is hugging and stuff like that right. but again um that's us mm. and that's that will be for some clients others really appreciate that smoothening of skin i mean for some people it's about the illusion i don't know it's 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 you know it's that special it's about it's about the the perceived perfection right i mean let's look at um snapchat for example Mm -hmm. and the filters people use Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. really that's that's not your face (laughs) (laughs) and it it has gotten rid of a lot of the things that are actually your face right but people like it and Mm -hmm. so because of that um the industry has responded to their demands and some people decide that that's what they'll do Um, it also depends on the area you are in Mm, so for example when it comes to portraiture and so on 
people want to be the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. and so therefore a lot of the portrait photographers do a lot of heavy editing mm. because that's what the people want right um, when it comes to let's say documentary, documentary. work, we we are not going to touch anybody's face. Like mm. I mean, really, mm. the sum total of the editing is just making sure that the exposure, the amount of light in the image yeah, was okay. Yeah, you can yeah, see yeah, everything, yeah. and the message gets across. And right. so that one is about composition, it's about timing, it's about positioning. Just making sure that you are able to capture the essence of the moment mm. and not trying to change it because mm. technically, in that scene, it's lying. Right. But when it comes to uh, wedding work, for example. Right. Um, where we kind of draw the line is um, we do not remove anything that's permanent. Mm. Yeah. So, for mm. example, you have like a scar on your face. We won't remove the scar on your face because the scar on your face is you. you. Right. Unless you got scratched by something that day <laughs> and, you know, it's a small... I mean, it's a right. scratch. Right. You can remove that because it's not going to be there next week. Right. Pimples are not going to be there next week. Pimples, mm. they'll come, they'll go. So you can do that. Mm. But I think that's where we kind of stop. Right. Like things which are transient like make me extra can be removed. No. No, make, uh, I mean, <laughs> look, to, t- to tell the truth, now and then you may get a client who requests it. We, yeah, we, yeah. It's not that we cannot do it. We right. can. Right. If, you, if that's what you really is, want. Is this, is this the common feeling for most photographers today? Or is it is it just... You know, whatever the client wants is what we need to do. Uh, hmm. Because the technology is available for me to do it, I, I'm going to do it. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I think um, the, the photography uh, industry in general is a very, uh, I don't want to use the word proud, but it's more like uh, yeah. they have a very definitive opinion mm. of what they want, want to do. To do. Mm. Yeah. And so what you would usually get is that you would get a photographer who decides on their style. Mm. And then what happens is that the people who are interested in that style will now contact that photographer for work and so that photographer wouldn't really like to take a job which is outside of their style because Mm. they are also building a portfolio for themselves to get the kind of jobs that they want Mm. and if those are the kind of jobs that they want moving outside of the style will kind of throw a wrench in those plans and so most of the time you get um, people following certain photographers or hiring certain photographers just because of what they do Mm. so we have gotten clients who have actually definitively said that we just love the way that you guys do not over process images mm. and people come out looking like themselves yeah right. yeah and yeah. so people hire us because they want to look like themselves and mm. they don't want to look like a plastic fantastic mm-hmm. um, barbie doll right but there are people who like that and mm. we are not we don't have a problem with what somebody's preference is right. yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't we don't interesting exactly interesting I mean, the essence of photography is to serve a client, to take a picture that a client wants, or sometimes to satisfy yourself just because you mm, enjoy mm, the picture. Mm. How has technology helped you to serve clients better, for example? Oh, wow. That's, so, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, for me, my career itself mm. got a boost because of technology. Mm. It got launched because... I just happened to start photography the time when uh, social media, Facebook to be precise, was was becoming a thing. Mm. And so more and more people saw my work. So that's one thing as well. You you now have eyeballs all over the world. If you're doing great job, uh, good work, you know, one day you're in Ghana, the next day somebody is calling you up from the other side of the world. Mm. So that is 
a very big impact. Mm. Um, secondly, the cameras keep on improving. Mm. So currently, the camera that we use has wireless technology. Mm. I can connect my camera to my phone. Mm. And um, so when we are having you know, certain events, we can do live updates mm. by just pulling the pictures from our straight. camera straight to the phone and, and tweeting. Phone yes, exactly. Well. Mm. Like on the go. Mm. These things are improvements that make the life of a photographer really great if you know how to use them. So the trick is to always understand and create the workflow that takes advantage of the technology that's available to you. Right. That's the tricky part and I think that you know as for the technology it will, it will keep coming and every time there's a new camera release it comes with all the gimmicks I mean Timothy can can break it down sometimes <laughs> I just go like okay okay so bottom line how do we use it right. and that's that's how you make the technology work for you mm. but I, I it's been immensely if I look back at my first set of equipment and what I have now it's an immense improvement and mm. basically now we we get the, most of the image all right in the camera mm -hmm. i mean and without then, having to do editing. yeah so, so editing much. is mm. mostly about trying to get if the picture tells a story and mm. trying to frame and put mm. it together and mm. then just color correct mm. and all that and then uh, yeah, yeah. one way technology has really made a difference like for example one tangible way is for example shooting at night um, at one point, there was no way to shoot at night. And I mean, this cuts across for photography and cinematography, the people who do video as mm -hmm. well, that, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, shooting in a dark room was literally useless. <laughs> you, you'd come out with an image that you couldn't really use. Right. But uh, with the um, improvement in sensor technology over time, mm -hmm. now, especially... Um, I mean, sad to say, but I mean, Sony cameras are really <laughs> the kings in, in, in that particular area yeah. with low light performance. Mm. You can get such beautiful imagery in almost pitch black uh, conditions. Mm. There's a very nice video. I mean, when uh, I think it's the A7S came out, it's a Sony mirrorless camera, mm. and they shot the entire video using moonlight. Wow. Like literally moonlight. And when you see the video, no artificial lighting, nothing. nothing. You see Just color. Raw. You see color. You see the person's skin. You see the color of the clothes they're wearing. They're walking on the beach. You see the sea. And you can actually just search for it. I think it's on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. the, the clip is called Moonlight. Right. And it's, it's just awesome. And you could never have done this before mm. because technology just didn't get there. Right. Now with live streaming and so on, you have people who do conferences for small number of people, but they're able to reach the world because mm. of live streaming. Mm. And so you have cameras that can output a video feed directly to your computer. You can stream it directly online and you can share everything that is going on at the same time. Yeah. This yeah. used to be the purview of only TV stations right. with massive amounts of equipment and massive budgets mm. to be able to get a live feed somewhere. Mm. Now, anybody can do it with their phone, with a DSLR and a laptop. I mean... Technology has given the individual the ability to do things that organizations used to do before. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, looking at the rise of YouTube and Twitch and some other uh, platforms, you can actually see that, yeah, people are making use of it. That's interesting that you touch on platforms because that's what I was going to ask about. Which platforms are best for the average person who wants to start out in photography, for example? So when you say platform, is it 
like to learn or to put out to your work? To put out your work. Oh, okay. Mostly. Okay. I think currently Instagram is 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 happening. Mm. Yeah, I think I it's, think it's, it's Instagram is king yeah. in Ghana. Yeah. Mm. In, it's yeah. I mean, okay. when we started, I mean, nobody used Instagram. It was, it was Facebook. Right. Yeah. Right now, I mean, IG, hey, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the yeah. old people. Oh, yeah, that's some of us still use Facebook. I will go that against you. And I think, I think Twitter will create for you a following and mm. um, people who are probably passionate about your work. Mm. And, and but, but IG is where you will get that you know prominence yeah. especially when you're starting out yeah mm. but um the truth of the matter is this there's only so far that social media will actually get you mm. so if you plan to do this as a proper business and you're going after corporate clients and so on um if you try and do a search on google or on bing or whatever else DuckDuckGo and so on you're not going to see social media results first mm. yeah mm. you're going to see website results first right. and so if you want to be seen yeah. at one point in time you're going to have to move away from a platform which is designed for individuals to a platform which is designed for everybody right. and so things like having a website and so on become infinitely more important as you progress because that is the way that people are going to find you right. and you know the holy grail i feel is is to have a platform that has an audience like ctfm like mm. because then um when you are talking to corporate clients you see you are offering an end-to-end -end pro uh, uh, like produce or whatever like product, product. yes mm. good so you take the video but you also have a platform where you display the video right. and their eyeballs mm. and you can tell the client how many people Reference. came through mm. exactly mm. and i think that that really is where like if you want to be uh, relevant in the coming future, that's where we need to start heading mm. as uh, photographers, mm. you know, coming together or something, but building these relevant platforms. And I've seen that the companies that have been able to do that effectively, are, you know, they are having some amazing clients mm. because the client comes to you and it's like, yeah, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's yeah, a proper track record. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. There's a proper track record. Yeah. So That's interesting. That's interesting, though. But, I mean, for those who want to learn as well, I mean, is YouTube the best option right now? Um, uh, if your budget is your internet bundle, yes. Mm. Mm. If your budget is your internet bundle, yes. That's, um, that's great for you. Uh, you will learn massive amount. If you want to go a step further, it's best to try and communicate with somebody who is in the industry. Mm. And then you would supplement what you are learning on your own with them. Mm. I wouldn't say that learning online is the best. It's, okay. it, it's not like, why do we all go to school? Why do we go to university? Why don't we just do everything online? True. There is a disadvantage with the, the purely online just because of the lack of interaction and the lack of personalization. When mm. you have a problem and you need to have it fixed, what do you do? Mm. You send a message and wait till the next day. Mm. Maybe you get a response. Maybe you don't. Uh, I mean... Uh, it has come so far over i mean when i was learning photography there was a a blog that uh Pocho yeah. and i used yeah. to to go to it's called strobis, strobis. they still exist yeah. so strobis.blogspot.com amazing mm -hmm. but we were we were assimilating the information there but some of the things were just passing over our heads yeah. mm -hmm. and essentially one day we went to a friend's wedding we were, in fact uh, i wasn't i was kind of shooting the wedding 
and they didn't have an MC, and so I became the MC, <laughs> and you know, it was one of just those things. Yeah, right. And the interesting thing is that you know, so we sat down and uh, we, were, we were eating, and there was a French photographer on the table. Hmm. And he spoke like 10% English. We spoke like 10% French. Right. But we had the most amazing conversation. Yeah. Mm. And essentially, we looked at his work. And he, he was doing really interesting work. I don't know if you've heard of uh, DJ Snake. Mm. Um, yeah. He used to do work for DJ Snake and stuff. So he had a whole lot of stuff to show us. And almost 90% of his pictures were Shots taken at, at night. night. Yeah. And the city, like you would see the city. It looks, it looks so like well daytime. Like crazy and we're like wow how do you do this because you know our pictures don't look like this you've been reading about it for yeah. days right and then the he was just... trying to explain it to us and it was working it wasn't working and you know he just picked up the camera he just changed one setting of the camera took a picture we were like oh man and that changed everything and it Whoa, changed everything like, mm. because we we had learned so many things but we just didn't know how to combine them to get the final result and he mm. changed one yeah. setting Essentially, you just lower the shutter speed. And that was it. And the picture looked completely different at night. Just mm. because he understood that the the lights around and the lights coming from your flash are completely different quantities. Mm. And you can control them separately mm. at night without them interfering. Mm. And mm. we had just not gotten that one step. Right. <laughs> You've probably read it. We understand yeah, it yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we could not have yeah. a single practical yeah, you know, application of it right, at all. Yeah. When the things connected in our <laughs> heads, <laughs> we were like, like, like what? How did like, I miss? I can't this. believe this. Exactly. And this is what will sometimes happen when you learn everything online. Right. Because if you don't get something, you can't have it re-explained to you personally. Mm. 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 Anyway, um, so we, 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 we are going to wrap up the conversation in just a bit. But before we do that, um, just um, a couple of comments before we do that. Let's, ladies and gentlemen, we have in the studio Timothy Ade and Michael Dakwa. They are both from Team 1000 Words and we're talking about the future of, of photography. So talking about that, mobile photography seems like to be the thing now. Some of these cameras, Huawei P30 Pro, for example, the Samsung um, Galaxy Note 10, for example, mm. Note 10 Plus that was recently mm -hmm. released. I'm talking about the iPhone and all of that. And I'm just wondering, like, what what does the future look like for with all this mobile photography coming into into effect? Like, what does it look like for you guys? Oh, the the, the future is in, in incredibly profitable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, the thing is with mobile photography is that mm. there's a, a, a physical limit to what a small censored camera can do. Mm. And what happens is that those phones are designed to overcome some of those limitations mm -hmm. using processing. So they call it computational photography. Mm. That's why you can take a, you know, your phone like the P30 Pro or the XS or the Note 10, take a picture and then it will blur yeah, out the background for you mm. because it is calculating where those edges would be and be. yes mm. and then it, it, you know it's it trying does, to it does some out. mathematical you right. know uh, computation and then it blends those things which out. is they yeah, are actually doing a great job because, yeah and and it looks yeah, really yeah. great yeah, yeah, yeah. until you decide to take it a step further when mm. you start zooming in mm. when you start in print <laughs> it does not always look as good and there mm. are some things that you just can't overcome it's it's physics right. it's like uh, a tico versus a land cruiser I mean, they're both cars. They're both cars, and in certain usages, let's say in the middle of town, you're not going to get anything better out of a Land Cruiser. Mm. Take it to the mountains. Now that 
you'll see the difference. Mm. And so that's why I said earlier, like mobile photography will wipe out the complete lower end yeah. of the photography business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it cannot wipe it out on the higher end. Be just because of the, the requirements are higher mm. at that point. Mm. Mm. And you can't do everything yourself. It's mm. your wedding. Are you going to take the pictures <laughs> on your own with your phone? Selfie. Like, yeah. Hashtag. You're going to ask your uncle your uncle to take pictures for you. And then when it gets time to eat, he has put down the camera and he's having his dinner. And then the, the dance goes through, the cutting of the cake goes through, and he's like, oh, I, I missed forgot. that. <laughs> so, Hashtag kissing my bride. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and so really... Um, the the professional scene will always exist mm. and it's evolving dramatically like right now we have technologies that never existed before for example um 360 cameras mm. Mm. i mean essentially right now you get a camera on a stick you put it down in the middle of the room and it sees everything mm. you can actually reframe the video and all those things afterwards and it's amazing you have um if you couple that with the 360 tools and the vibration um, uh, accelerometer on your phone mm. you can actually have an image that's when you're moving your phone around, and you can actually do this on Facebook. Mm. When you're moving your phone around, you see a different part of the oh. room as you turn your phone in different directions. Yeah. And these are things which are becoming better. Mm. The 360 cameras are becoming better. Mm. Um, right now, we're having VR as well. Exactly. Yeah, I was and going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. VR and, and AI and, and these are all, all of that coming These are the all technologies that are coming in mm -hmm. and supplementing the the true core of photography, which is telling a story mm. and so the mediums may change the platforms may change the technology will change but the business is always the same mm. it's just like transportation we move from the horse to the steam engine to the combustion engine mm. yeah. right now we're doing electric motors and mm. so on but at the end of the day people so are still moving mm. so if you base everything in your life on the horse mm. and not on transportation you will die out that's where you're gonna die and like um the photographer would always be needed the videographer would always be needed it's just that how they do it mm. will change mm. Sure. Mm. Mm. interesting stuff unfortunately we don't have too much time we just have about 15 minutes to the top of the hour but Pocho, before um you, you you take leave of us um final question and um tim tim touched on it mm. virtual reality mm. all these things mm. like i mean for us here <laughs> in mm -hmm. Ghana, like, do, do people care that much about these things or is it just for the fancy of it? Because sometimes I feel that we use just like what, 70 or 60, no, mm -hmm. 15 or 10% mm -hmm. of the proper capabilities of these things. Well, again, there are geeks in the system. I'm sure you've <laughs> had people come in here talking about all kinds of things. Yeah. So there are people who are using mm. the hundred percent and then the th other thing about technology is there's always that period when it seems that it's not in use until mm. it then i mean it just happens that everybody is just on a grid. i mean yeah. if, when you take smartphones right mm. um it used to be that look you couldn't afford them so mm. not a lot of people had smartphones mm. now you actually can. not having a smartphone feels Feel left out. Yeah, you yeah, feel left out. So, so that's how technology progresses. It will and, take time. And, and yeah, mm -hmm. and then sometimes it, maybe it's a cost factor. But but whatever it is, when the technology becomes mainstream, it becomes a way of life. Yeah, and it just takes off. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
and so like you know, you know virtual reality i think for us i mean most of the people predict the future of photography one of the key words that you hear is immersive immersive i mean trying to see how they can deploy a more engaging experience so maybe not just looking at the two-dimensional image but now it's three-dimensional maybe not just the image but now you're even smelling the food <laughs> and maybe Adding to the i know and then sensory experience yeah and then maybe now even you can actually now be you know there's a person and then you know you know you you are wearing some glasses and then the person's name and twitter handle is mm popping up and you know or maybe there's food and then all of a sudden the you can even order the food in the picture mm. but that's that's potentially a possible future because that's what people are working on mm. and so we are looking forward to it we are working in the industry and then you know we keep ourselves updated mm. and uh yeah we hope to to still keep doing this and uh, be part of the revolution now i know i know people know you guys uh -huh. and the work that you do but before you take leave of us how can people get in touch with team 1000 words well the easiest way is our website team 1000 words.com so team and then one zero 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 words like spoken words because a picture is worth a thousand words oh, yeah and then cool. yeah 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 so <laughs> team 1000 words.com and um, hey, there, look, I mean, we are so transparent, you know, unlike certain governments. Uh, oh, did I say, no, sorry. I mean, we are very transparent. <laughs> we put our pricing on our website. Oh, and, yeah. and, oh, and not only for potential customers, <laughs> we are actually very open to talk to people and meet people. We yes, actually yes, have yes, um, yes. a day, which is Wednesdays, Wednesdays. where we, we all congregate at our, our studio. studio. And if you want to come and pay us a visit, you actually can and just nice. sit down and talk yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have just come to us through that yeah, yeah. i mean a, a very interesting one is one uh, lady who became one of our assistants for a time she did an internship mm. i met her sister at the bank mm. and i was going to the bank all the time and the sister was like hey i've seen you before at somebody's wedding right. and my sister is interested in photography and i was like oh that's cool and that's it. Uh, our, our location is on google maps tell her to come by on a wednesday, wednesday. Mm. Yeah. And she came by, and I mean, it's been very interesting working with her mm. for like a couple of years now. Wow. And so um, we do take that time because, I mean, people helped us along the way. And so we do make time to talk to people. Yeah. And like Wednesdays are actually the day for that. Mm. Like we just make that time on a Wednesday. You can come by our studio at uh, Achimota. If you look for Team Thousand Words on the map, on uh, Google Maps or Uber, you'd actually find a place and you can just come in and have a conversation with us. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Social media as well. I'm guessing you guys are too big on that one. Oh, <laughs> How can we find you on social media as well? Can oh, we? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Team yeah, Thousand Words. So. Team, <laughs> team Thousand Words on Twitter. Team Thousand Words on Instagram. Mm. Team Thousand Words on uh, Facebook. Just search. Yeah, thousand words on linkedin Every the name year. remains the same and then i mean uh we we are yeah we are we are there we nice are there one. nice one well thank you so much You're thank welcome. you so much um we unfortunately don't have too much time but i just i just like to say a big thank you to you guys for making oh, time no to problem. Join us. I think it, was, it was very totally fun. totally totally enjoyed the conversation thank well you. we we've had that conversation that most of you have been looking forward to and it's been great having you guys on the show. We have the app segment and a trending segment coming up. So don't go anywhere. This is City Trends.
and now it's time for the up segment, the up segment of the show with Jeffrey Rikusa. Jeffrey, welcome. Hi, <laughs> welcome to the up, up segment. segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's an internal joke, we'll tell you about it later. So, what do you have for okay. us this week? So, tonight we're talking about um, an app that's becoming quite popular recently, yeah. Yango. Yango. Yeah, the yeah, new. talking about that. Yeah, one of the new guys in the ride hailing sector. Mm. Uh, we've got in touch with them, and then they are here to tell us about what the app is about. Brilliant. Let's let's hear them. So I'm um, Kadutina Lasansoro. I'm the general manager for Yango West Africa. Yango is a ride hailing hub that connects riders to drivers. So riders want to go from a point A to a point B are connected to, let's say, drivers who take them there at the right cost. One difference among others is that we use our own technology, in how technology, hand-to-hand, map, navigation, machine learning, to deliver cars to our riders efficiently, reducing costs in the process, so we can afford to deliver more value to the hand users. And the app is available on both App Store and Google Play. And so that's it. That is what Yango yes, is. That's but all Yango is. I about. mean, it's it's as big as that. Basic yes, as that. So yes. right hailing app. So just oh, install it, mm. get in there. Um or their vehicle. Yes. Mm. I like their vehicle. They have economic and they have comfort. Mm. The comfort ones, Charlie, the cardip. The cardip. And the cost of of course. It's, yeah. It's the, I think yeah. their lowest is is it two or three cities? Starting oh. from two cities. Two cities. They, they made a lot of noise with that as well. Yeah. They made a lot of noise with that. But anyway, so yeah, for those of you who don't have it, um, who are looking for alternatives to all the others that you have in the market, Yango is uh, um, one of the apps that you probably need to look into. So yeah, that's it for the app segment of the show for this week. So let's get straight into the training segment of the show. And the training segment of the show is dedicated to sort of getting us a review of some of the biggest technology stories over the week. And Mr. Entry is here with that particular segment. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So what stories do we have for this week? Yeah. So this week has been buzzing as always. And then I will start with one from Uganda. Okay. Yeah. So Uganda government is partnering with Huawei mm. to install cameras all over the city. Not just <laughs> not just any cameras. Right. Facial recognition cameras uh, backed with AI. Uh, yes. They are not just cameras. No. They are facial just. recognition cameras. Okay. I have just one question. With updates with yeah. AI. Backed with AI. I have just one question. Yes. We are in a space where identity is a problem. Mm. And facial recognition. So wait, how would they know Okay, it's recognized. I mean, that's the whole point of the database. Like, if, unfortunately, in these parts, we don't have that. But I'm guessing in some other parts. Like, because if you have a database of other people, you have scanned. Because, I mean, if when, for example, you're going for your IDs, Uh you scan your face and stuff like that, they feed us into the bigger database. And then all of that is fed into the AI. And then that is what they use to do the cross-reference. Good. Mm -hmm. That they'll be able to identify all these people. Well, it is done in China. Yeah. So I'm guessing no, that... No, it's done in they, China, they part, but it's being used in Uganda. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, if you... The techno, that's why you can bring in the technology. Yeah. And that's why I'm guessing they are going with Huawei and Huawei, everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Well, Interesting. One, one, one major thing why they, are, they say they are doing this is mm. to fight crime. Right. 
Five Crafts. So it does. It does. And so the these are cameras that are going to be all basis. over city. the city. I mean, mm. my primary concern is where the information is going to go. Who can yeah. get access to it? Because mm. if all the data, if all the information about your citizens, their their faces and everything is fed into one system, and anybody, aka Chinese people, can get access to it, I mean, Sorry. that's where that's where the difficulty is. Yeah. But hey, I guess the Ugandan government has their the, own. The, the opposition plan, so. are against it anyway. Naturally, of course. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. I can imagine if something like that was happening in Ghana. I can imagine the number for of people that one, who on the lighter side it. of that one. Mm. You know, as people have been stealing cables and yeah, uh, street good. lights, can use that Charlie, too. the cameras too be stolen. Yeah, with cameras too be stolen. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully in Uganda they won't be stealing. Well, also in Uganda, they are denying the reports by the Wall Street Journal about about them using Huawei using some of their data right. too. Yeah. So right. they say it isn't true. Well, it isn't we we, we, we did we did hear about that one. Mm. Widely publicized of course. <laughs> but hey, it's I mean and, and one of my challenges with that particular story and <laughs> listeners if you're not too if you're not abreast with that particular story, basically um the story came out a couple of um, weeks ago about last week or two weeks ago about how some of the African governments or the yeah the governments in africa were using um technology from huawei to spy on each other you know and things like that mostly going through whatsapp one of my challenges was then what's me what what becomes of end-to-end encryption mm-hmm. on whatsapp mm-hmm. for example yeah. you know and there are too many questions with that particular story but i mean if the government say it's not true, it's not true i yeah. guess we we'll have to go with their word cool anyway yeah any other so moving, moving to another thing uh giving a little bit of background so mm. WeChat was in Africa, right. like yeah, West African region somewhere. 2011 was very active. They had offices in Ghana Everybody was and then in Nigeria. Yeah. And then they bowed out. So they, they left the West African region. Right. So there's a space for a WeChat. Right. And then there are a couple of companies who are looking, looking to fill that gap and then be the WeChat of Africa. Mm. So a couple of them are... Mm. Uh, there's a, okay. mm. there's a new platform for that one of the networks the telecommunication companies is bringing up mm. um what's the name again yeah. ayoba ayoba mm-hmm. um it looks interesting but it's pretty basic mm. from what i've done so mm. far and it looks like they are trying to bank their thing on the africans telling african story mm. so their um wallpaper their default wallpaper has um, pe- something like a pencil sketch of elephants, mm. lions, mm. and then some other animals okay. representing Africa. Right. Now, when you go on um, the Play Store, under the reviews, when anyone does a review and has a complaint or anything, their response is, thank you for your response, da, da, da. we are all coming together to promote an Africa for all That's Africans. Like default yeah. response. Like, yeah. yeah. Trying to use this is, that. This is, this is the, the messaging platform by MTN. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, 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 it hasn't launched officially in Ghana yet. Right. Yeah. So where is it available currently? Uh, SA, okay. South Africa. It's okay. available in South Africa. Mm. Fully mm. launched mm. in South Africa. Mm. And one, one other thing is, why would anybody want to be a WeChat of Africa? Yeah. That's that's, that's one of the biggest. Yeah. Do we even need a WeChat right. for Africa? Well, um, so when I remember when WeChat was going hard mm-hmm. here, one of the things they were talking about was you you know around that time Facebook was just the people you know so for those who wanted to talk to new people there was this feature where you shake and then it gives you someone from anywhere in the world to chat random yes Mm. so they may they were trying to use that Mm -hmm. 
people's need to talk to new people. Right. One of my biggest things about WeChat was the first, is like when when like in using WeChat, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I found was like WePay, for example, yeah. Pay, yeah. payment yeah. through. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where probably MTL will be coming yeah. from because mm-hmm. I mean. When I went to China, for example, Mm -hmm. literally everything runs through WeChat. Mm. You know, you're paying the coconut seller, you're paying the grocery. You're getting your news in WeChat. You're getting your news in WeChat. You can just scan, you know, the vendor's um, WeChat code and you pay through WeChat. You transfer your money to them. Like, it's literally seamless. And I'm thinking Mm. that that's probably where MTN is coming. Not necessarily from a messaging point of view, but more from From the mobile money. Mobile money. As soon as they do that, mindset. They build on the kind of interface that we have so far on Ayoba. I have a feeling they may push out WhatsApp in Africa. But I I personally don't think so. I think I think they might be playing in two very separate Mm -hmm. worlds. That's what I feel. Because so far the interface looks like a cross between WhatsApp and Telegram. So there are channels you see on Telegram. You have channels that you can subscribe to for right. news about celebrities. There are those ones for sports, for food tips, and that kind of yeah. thing. And that's how basic it is now. Yeah. But there's also something that looks like WhatsApp. So when you look at this, and then they should build on it and add a mobile money feature. Yeah. That's two things WhatsApp doesn't have so yeah. far. That's big. If they're able to launch that before WhatsApp, yeah. if they're able to launch that before WhatsApp launches Libra in mm. Africa or in Ghana. Mm. That's it. You see, but the thing is, what didn't Instagram have? I mean, what didn't Snapchat have? Yeah. Instagram just basically siphoned a bit of it. And, you know, it's... Well, yeah. well anyway, I mean, the jury's out there. We hope something comes of it. Um, you know, the future is bright and beautiful. But that will be all for this week's episode of the show. A big thank you to Jeffrey and of course to Mr. Entry. And But you can follow them on Twitter at OYENTRY OJ Sapon. And of course myself at K-O-F-I-A-S-H-O And that's all for this week's episode. A big thank you to my guests on the studio. I'm in the studio for the show. It was a worthwhile conversation about photography and what the future holds for it. I do hope you enjoyed it greatly as well. That's all for this week. But then till next week, stay techie.